1: This is a CBC Podcast. Our fear is that we'll be pushed out of our homes. The only thing we still have left, the land, and that we won't be able to walk freely on our territory as we used to.
0: This is Andre Carapuna, he's the chief of the Carapuna people, which is one of hundreds of indigenous tribes that lives in Brazil's Amazon rainforest. The Carapuna nearly went extinct in the 1970s, but since then they've been growing. Now they're 61 people, but they're facing extinction again because of illegal logging and large-scale mining and agricultural operations in the Amazon that Andre says have been encouraged by the government of Jair Bolsonaro. His people are actually suing the government for complicity in these land grabs.
1: What I mean is our territory is all invaded by land grabbers, loggers, and fishermen. But with this rhetoric from this government that's in power, it has become worse. But before he came to power, They had already invaded the territory. Now it's become strengthened.
0: Under Bolsonaro, deforestation in the Amazon's been at a record high. Almost a million hectares of rainforest have been burned just in the past year. And this crisis has become a major election issue as Bolsonaro is facing off against leftist former president Lula da Silva, who's promised to turn things around. The press pack arrived and found Lula in the middle of the rainforest, The
2: Amazon's risen to the top of the political agenda. A wise move, given that Lula's running against a man who's
0: accused of destroying it. For some indigenous people like the Karapuna, who've been facing death threats from illegal loggers and land grabbers, the possibility of another Bolsonaro term presents what they see as an existential threat.
1: My God, don't think that. I don't even want to think about it. Now I'm going to say something really big. If he wins, it would be the end of indigenous peoples.
0: Brazilians are heading to the polls for a runoff vote at the end of this month, where they'll have to choose between Bolsonaro and Lula. And experts say with this election, it's not just the future of Brazil, but the future of the global fight against climate change that hangs in the balance. The Amazon is a great storehouse of CO2, but it needs a critical mass. Scientists are sending alarms. If too much of the Amazon is cut down like this, it risks turning more of it into a savanna instead of a rainforest. My guest today is Claudio Angelo. He's a former journalist who used to cover the environment beat. He's now with Brazil's Climate Observatory, a coalition that's trying to get Brazilians more engaged with climate change issues. We're going to talk about the Wild West that the Amazons become in recent years, the way that Bolsonaro has accelerated deforestation, and what's at stake for the rainforest in this election. I'm Tamara Kendacker, and you're listening to Nothing is Foreign. So, Claudio, we just heard from a leader from the Karapuna tribe, which is an indigenous tribe in the Amazon. And he says his people have been targeted by violence, that they've been dealing with land invasions and the deforestation of their lands. And he's scared of losing his home. He says his people can't move freely in their spaces. And how common is that story?
2: It's become uh, very common in the last four years. Uh, It's always been the case in Brazil. You see in some states like Rondonia, where the Caripuna land is, uh, there is a a, a big prejudice against indigenous peoples. Farmers and non-indigenous farmers uh, always saying that those indigenous guys have too much land. This is a common story in Brazil. However, this has become much more serious an issue after Bolsonaro came to power, because uh, Jair Bolsonaro said in, in his campaign trail back in 2018, that he would not uh, uh, demarcate one single centimeter of indigenous lands in Brazil. The Indian doesn't want The indigenous people do not want to be poor, large landholders sitting on rich lands. They do not, especially sitting on the world's richest lands. So when the president says you have too much land for too few indigenous peoples, and those indigenous lands are hampering progress, are stopping development... Brazil could be much bigger of an agribusiness uh, powerhouse if it weren't for all those pesky indigenous lands. The the message that he conveys to people who are on the ground in the Amazon is it is okay to invade and to grab indigenous lands and to kill those guys and eventually uh, uh, drive them away from their own lands. And in fact, that's what we saw. They tell me it's like people keep invading your home and breaking things.
0: In 2021, their land was one of the eight indigenous territories in Brazil
2: that saw especially high levels of illegal deforestation. The number of invasions of indigenous lands in the last three years the first three years of the Bolsonaro administration, because we don't have data from this year yet, but in the first three years, there was an increase of 212% in invasions compared to the three years before Bolsonaro. And the number of murders of indigenous peoples is the highest uh, since record keeping began in, in the 2003.
0: You mentioned these murders that have been happening and some of our listeners may have heard of the deaths of Dom Phillips and Bruno Pereira, the journalist and indigenous expert. Now,
2: uh, Police in Brazil are searching for the
0: bodies of two men, a British journalist... Dom Phillips, an experienced and passionate journalist, writing a book on saving the Amazon. His travelling companion, Bruno Pereira, was an indigenous expert. This crime has horrified people here in Brazil and globally. That's... Uh, a story that was in the news a lot. These were very high-profile deaths, but can you talk a bit more about how deadly the situations become?
2: It, it has always been dangerous. Uh, some places have been always more dangerous than others. Particularly, the the, the place where uh, Dom and Bruno got killed, the Javari Valley, uh, is a very violent place because it's in near the border of Colombia and Peru. And there's a lot, of drug, a lot of drug trafficking going on uh, along those rivers. That is a, a big cocaine route. But uh, what's happening now is that criminals are feeling empowered and uh, emboldened by the federal government. And there's one more thing that happened during the Bolsonaro administration was that gun control has become uh, much more relaxed. So uh, Bolsonaro always said, and he says it to, to this very day, that people in Brazil should get weapons and it is a nonsense to buy you know, rice and beans and you should have rifles. And when he not only says things like that, but also does things to relax gun control, People who didn't have access to guns suddenly uh, become more violent, and in places where gun violence was already an issue, it becomes the norm. So that there is uh, somewhat of a uh, war brewing in the Amazon
1: region. Organized crime is rampant. Drugs trafficking, illegal
2: fishing, mining and logging now go by almost unchecked, leading to a wave of violence, a war on nature as some people call it now. And that's one thing that concerns us quite a lot because whoever takes office after Bolsonaro and tries to reclaim territory in the Amazon will face you know, armed resistance.
0: Hi, I'm Una Chaplin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue, and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles, from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. We've just talked a little bit about the human cost of what's happening in the Amazon, in particular to Indigenous communities, but... This is part of a bigger picture of destruction happening in the Amazon. So just in the last year, almost a million hectares of rainforest was burned. Uh, CO2 emissions doubled in the first two years of Bolsonaro's presidency. I wonder, is there one fact or statistic that has stuck out to you about what's happened to the Amazon in the nearly four years of Bolsonaro's presidency?
2: Well, two figures uh- Come to my mind. One is uh, the absolute record of three consecutive rises in deforestation during one single presidential term. The second figure comes from a paper published in Nature by 20, in 2021 by Luciana Gatti from the National Institute for Space Research in Brazil what uh, she and her team observed was that some parts of the Amazon, the southeastern part of the Amazon is already emitting more carbon than it absorbs. The rainforest used to be a net sink of CO2. And today, this is not the case anymore. For parts of the Amazon, it is important that that people who are listening to this understand that the Amazon is not one single stretch of forest. It, 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 it is huge. It's four million square kilometers in Brazil alone. So that there are different types of forest. There are different types of climate. Uh, some places are drier than others. And in those drier stretches of forest in southeastern Amazon, Today, we're seeing, due to a combination of deforestation and climate change, it is already emitting more carbon than it absorbs. And the temperature there has increased about two and a half degrees. That's twice the global average of warming.
0: Right. So a steady increase in deforestation and the Amazon has become an emitter of carbon rather than a carbon sink. Um, How big of a role did Jair Bolsonaro play in all of this and what's been happening to the Amazon?
2: Well, he he didn't as much introduce policy as uh, dismantle uh, policies that were in place. So the first thing he did was to shelve the Amazon deforestation control plan that had been in place for 15 years which was, you know, the the key piece behind the drop of deforestation we saw between 2004 and 2012. The other thing, he gutted environmental enforcement agencies such as IBAMA, the National Institute for the Environment, and the National Park Service in Brazil, which goes by the acronym ISAMIBIU. Uh, Those two agencies were dismantled. Mm -hmm. And also one thing that was very important, and it it sometimes slips below below the radar of uh, analysts of policy, was that just by preaching deforestation and preaching amnesty to land grabbers and to gold miners, Bolsonaro and his former environment minister Ricardo Salles were able to to really encourage those people to go there and grab land and and cut down forests and log.
1: He's intent on opening up the Amazon to cattle ranchers, farmers, miners and construction companies that supported his campaign.
2: The Amazon is not being devastated nor is it being consumed by fire as the media misleadingly says. Because when the president says one thing is okay, the thing is okay. So that that was I think the, the the recipe for disaster in the Amazon.
0: Right. And so that kind of brings me to my next question. I want to pivot a little bit to the election. You mentioned that there have been periods where deforestation's been on the decline. And it was on the decline under Lula da Silva, the former president who's now running against Jair Bolsonaro. And during this presidential campaign, Lula's positioned himself as the one who's going to turn things around for the Amazon. And how has he talked about how he plans to do that?
2: There's a paradox in this election in Brazil. Never before, as far as I can remember, has the environmental issue played such an important role in public opinion during one electoral cycle. This, is, this may be the very first time that the Amazon is in the news every day. Uh, that was before... The campaign trail began. Everyone thought it would be featured very prominently in the debates. It hasn't because, and this is another thing that people should understand about this election in Brazil, this is not a a normal election that, you know, revolves around programs and ideas for the future of the country uh what Brazilians are choosing in the ballot uh on October 30th is that is uh, whether Brazil should remain a democracy or should become an autocracy so when you have this kind of polarization and and when the very future of democracy is at stake there wasn't very much room left for Debating issues such as climate change, education, human rights.
1: In Brazil, thousands of people, including business leaders, intellectuals, students and artists, have gathered to read manifestos defending democratic institutions. The protests come, as President Jair Bolsonaro earlier hinted, he could reject the results of October's presidential election.
2: Lula is... Without a doubt, the greenest candidate in in this election, Uh, he has pledged to create a ministry for indigenous affairs. He has pledged to put back into place the, the deforestation control plans that were created in his first administration and completely dismantled by Bolsonaro. So Lula is promising to to get those plans back into place and to resurrect uh, environmental law enforcement.
1: The planet needs us to pay special attention. We need to look after our forest, our fauna, our water. But most of all, we need to look after our people.
2: 20 years ago,
0: right, so... If Lula was to win this presidency, it could mean a big shift in terms of policy. But what about in the event of a Bolsonaro win in this election? What would that mean for the Amazon?
2: Tamara, uh, this is frankly a scenario I would not like to contemplate because I, I think it would be an exaggeration to say you know, a second term for Bolsonaro would be the end of the Amazon, as we know it. It might be, because there's a lot of uncertainty on tipping points today. We we have about 20% of the Amazon destroyed today. And some research has been suggesting that uh, between 20% and 25% of deforestation, when you combine the effects of deforestation and climate change, you have a tipping point and a, a massive dieback of the forest in the Amazon. And it's even being qualified by the IPCC as one of the low probability, high impact events that we should, at all cost try to avoid in the world's climate. So it may be the case that this is the end of the Amazon. It may be the case that this is would be not the end of the amazon properly but it would be the end of all environmental safeguards that have been built in brazil since the 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 1988 constitution i know bolsonaro will face a lot of international pressure to you know clean up his act but after 4 years we can say with a reasonable degree of certainty his not going to give in to international pressure. So uh, I fear that we may see deforestation climb back to to the tune of 25,000 square kilometers a year. And it, it's it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly for indigenous peoples who will be dispossessed. It's really, really, really going to be a mess.
0: So at the beginning, we heard Andre Carapuna, the chief of the Carapuna tribe, say that he didn't even want to think about the possibility of another Bolsonaro win and that it would mean the end of indigenous people in Brazil. And the picture that Claudio's painting is pretty bleak But despite that, despite the growing violence, rampant land invasions, and fears that his tribe might not survive, Andre keeps fighting. And he has a message for the rest of the world.
1: But if everything is destroyed, the land and nature, everything else in the forest will also be destroyed. So we, Caripuna, want people outside Brazil to think differently regarding the environment Especially for indigenous peoples like us who are fighting for our territories in the forest and that they pass this information along to other people.
2: Apenas want... queremos We
1: just want the rulers, the government, to obey the law, what's already written law. We're not here asking to legislate. We just want the government to fulfill its duty of territorial and environmental protection and to protect the people who live on the land and territories. It's very difficult what's been happening to us. We are here fighting for our rights, but in some parts of Brazil, people who are doing that are dying
2: pelo nosso direito. Porém, em algum lugar do Brasil, estão morrendo esses defensores que lutam pelo seu direito.
0: All right, that's all for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Our producer is Joyta Shangupta. Our sound designer is Julia Whitman. Our senior producer is Elaine Chow. The executive producer of Nothing Is Foreign is Nick McCabe Locos. Laice Martins was our translator on this episode, and dubbing was done by Luis Lopez. Nothing is Foreign is a co-production of CBC News and CBC Podcasts. Our theme music is by Joseph Shabison. If you like this episode, take a second to rate and review us wherever you're listening. It really helps new listeners find the show. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CBC Podcasts. I'm Tamara Hedacker. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you back here next week.
1: For more CBC podcasts, go to CBC.ca/podcasts.